service. Disgraceland is brought to you by Disgraceland All Access. Disgraceland All Access membership is your chance to support the show and get ad-free listening, an exclusive scripted episode every month, and exclusive bonus content every week, plus access to an always-on chat with me and your fellow discos. Visit disgracelandpod.com slash membership or just click on the link in the show notes for this episode. Hey, discos. Need a little more Disgraceland in your life? Just a touch to get you through? Yeah, me too. This is the podcast that comes after the podcast. Welcome to Disgraceland, the after party. Welcome to the Disgraceland bonus episode, a little thing we like to call the after party. This is the show after the show, the party after the party, the bridge to get you from one full episode of Disgraceland to the other, the backyard to dig into the dirt. On this episode, we are talking about a contract on Mick Jagger's life, the big award show that just happened, the Ambies, not the Oscars, Leonard Skinner, Peter Tosh, and of course, your voicemails, texts, DMs, and more, and as always, a whole lot of Rosie. All right, discos, let's get into it. Oi, 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 second full week of March, and we are back. Beware the Ides of March, A2, Boutte, sure, why not? I'm back here in Disgraceland with another after-party episode, back here in my Boston-area studio, back from Las Vegas, back from Maine, back from an action-packed week. I was out in Las Vegas, the city of sin that'll swallow you in, picking up an award for Disgraceland, an award I was honored to receive. I've talked about why before when we were nominated. Uh, the award was for Best Original Score in Music Supervision, uh, nominated by and awarded by the prestigious Podcast Academy. The award is called an Ambi, and like I said, I was stoked to be nominated alongside my brothers Ryan Spraker, Matt Bowden, and Bryce Kanza to bring this trophy home for the Double Elvis Trophy Case, which is filling out quite nicely, I might add. And the reason I gave a shit about this award was because of the category. Like I said, I've mentioned this before, and it was part of my acceptance speech out in Vegas, but the reality is that a lot of people that I spoke with before launching Disgraceland warned me off of doing so uh, because the nature of the show and the challenges it would present, it's a music show, as you know, no duh. Licensing music is very difficult to do, never mind in a new medium like podcasting. It won't work because of this blah, 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 blah. That's what they said. Uh, we didn't let that stop us. Obviously, I am, like I've said in the past, from the hardcore scene, and we were taught to use our limitations as strengths. Can't get anyone to book your band? That's okay. Book the VFW hall down the street. Put the show on yourself. Can't get anyone to put out your record? That's fine, too. Find a way to record. Go press up some copies on cassette, and voila, now you got your own record label. Can't afford to license the music from the artists you're discussing in your podcast? Make your own music and build it into the show's DNA. And that's essentially what we did, because that was the number one solution I had in the spring of 2018 when Disgraceland was born and that was the only way the show was going to work and thank God it did and boy howdy am I grateful. 
I was the only one up there at that podium, and with a tight 30 seconds to accept the award, uh, it's important to point out that there are many people who work on the show, despite the four of us who were nominated. Double Elvis is a team, a team that lives and dies with the support of you guys, the listeners. So I just want to say thank you to all of you and to everybody at Double Elvis, as this award is as much yours as it is mine. Uh, cool thing about the hotel, side note, that the Ambies were held in. It's the same hotel in Vegas that Elvis did his legendary Las Vegas residency in. And after I won the award, they kind of whisk you downstairs to do interviews and get your picture taken. And then they very quickly hustle you back up into your seat. So your seat isn't empty for too long for the simulcast. And in that process, the dude who was bringing me around was like, hey man, you'll appreciate this. Check this out. And he took me into this little hidden room in the bowels of the theater. And it was Elvis's actual dressing room. Uh, they still use it as a green room of sorts. Barry Manilow is about to start a residency there in a couple days if he hasn't already. Anyways, this dude brought me back into Elvis's dressing room. And behind Elvis's dressing room, connected, uh, there's this door and it connects into this super tiny room. And back there, all there was was like a mirror, a desk, and a bed. Uh, this is the bed where Elvis used to take his naps. So damn awesome. Uh, the spirit of Elvis was definitely in the building for Disgraceland last week at the Ambies. Thanks to everyone at the Podcast Academy who voted. Really appreciate it. The support from the greater podcast uh, just industry or whatever, just my friends and colleagues who were milling about the casino. Just It was awesome to just run into everybody that I knew, run into new people, just be walking around and people coming up to me, hey, you're in Disgraceland, way to go, blah, 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 all that stuff. Is this, this is awesome. Haven't had a lot of that in the last couple months, years, et cetera. So it was a very cool experience. Uh, I was happy to get back to New England. I flew from Vegas, flew back home, crashed for a couple hours, grabbed my family and headed north to Maine for the weekend, which was awesome. I love that state. Got some good, much needed, replenishing, soul-filling time with my family. And, and a cool thing happened. Uh, we're wandering through a random food market, picking up snacks to bring back to the hotel. And I was cruising for some non-alcoholic beer as I'm off the sauce for Lent. And I randomly came across the Disgraceland beer called Rockarola in the cooler of this random um, market in Ogunquin. And Orno Brewing, who we collaborated with on the beers from Maine, so it shouldn't have been a su surprise to me to come across Rockarola. But then again, it totally was. My boys saw it. They knew it immediately. They freaked out. Uh, one of the customers was like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> And my wife, of course, is all bragging at the top of her lungs. So we told her about the beer. She bought a four-pack. That was cool. Uh, you can buy your own four-pack of Rockarola in New England. It's a gluten-reduced, basically gluten-free beer. Uh, you can get this wherever awesome beer is sold. I'll have more info on this uh, with specific stores up on our social shortly, stores where you can buy Rockarola. All right, enough I, me, mine. Back with some you, you, you after the break. Hey, Discos, it's Jake here. Thank you so much for listening to Disgraceland. Your support truly means a lot to me, and it's because of you that my team and I are able to make this show. If you want more Disgraceland, if you want more regular interactions with me and the community of Disgraceland listeners, or if you simply want to listen to the show ad-free, go to disgracelandpod.com slash membership, or just click on the link in the show notes for this episode. For just five bucks a month, you can listen to every episode of Disgraceland ad-free. 
Plus, you'll get one brand new exclusive episode every month. You'll also get weekly unscripted bonus content, special audio collections, and early access to merch and events. There are two ways that you can support the show and become a member at disgracelandpod.com slash membership. You can sign up using Patreon and listen to the show ad-free on Apple, Spotify, and most other major podcast platforms. And Patreon members also get access to all the other perks of membership and an always-on chat where I'll be interacting with you and diving deeper into the world of Disgraceland. But maybe you're currently an Apple Podcast subscription listener and you want to just tap into all the bonus audio content and ad-free listening that we're offering. We're also offering this membership as a premium channel on Apple Podcasts. However you choose to join, all you got to do is go to disgracelandpod.com slash membership. Support the show for just $5 a month, five bucks, or sign up for an annual plan and get two months free. Come join me and your fellow discos at Disgraceland All Access by visiting disgracelandpod.com slash membership. So some of you might remember when I staged Disgraceland. Did some live shows here in Boston, Cambridge, actually, and then out in Denver and in San Francisco. And the story I told live was the story of the Rolling Stones at Altamont, which I eventually reproduced into a full Disgraceland episode. Uh, One anecdote from that story that I touched on in the live episode or the live staging and uh, on stage and then in in the other episode, like I mentioned, one of the anecdotes was how after the melee of the disastrous Rolling Stones concert where the Hells Angels stabbed and killed Meredith Hunter... After that, Mick Jagger was staying in New York City out on Long Island at Andy Warhol's place, and some enterprising New York chapter Hells Angels decided they were going to kill Mick Jagger as payback for Altamont. There was a contract on his head. And this story, again, anecdotal to the larger Altamont story that I told on stage in the po- and in the podcast. And I've always wanted to dig in deeper to this anecdote. So that's exactly what I did last week over on the Disgraceland YouTube channel. We go deep into the contract that the Angels put on Mick Jagger's head and the attempt on his life by the Motorcycle Club. And I encourage you all to go watch it. That's at youtube.com slash at DisgracelandPod. Watch the video, subscribe to our channel, turn on all notifications so you never miss any of our daily shorts or our weekly deep dives. All right, that's YouTube. How about we get to you? Just you, no tube. All right. How about some of your voicemails and your texts? You can call me. You guys know this. You know it. It's 617-906-6638. You can leave me a voicemail. You can text me at that number as well, 617-906-6638. And I'll respond to some of you right here in the after party. Let's hear what Sherry from the 215 has to say. Jake, I love all your stuff. Sherry here in Philly. Listen, don't bunny beat me because I'm on the Spotify side. So everything you're releasing on the Spotify side, I am gobbling this shit up because your shit is good. I've turned four to five people already onto your shit. It's so good. It's great. Batlands, Disgraceland, loving both of them. Got a question though. If you've done it already, then I'll hear it on the next, you know, when you have the next screening. But if not, can we have Whitney Houston, Bobby Brown, and is it too soon for um, us to go after, uh, like, David Carradine and um, Robin Williams? I'm saying it with hesitation because Robin Williams was my heart. But anyway, love you, Jake. Thank you. Bye. Sherry and Philly, I love you back. 
Um, listen, I'm, I'm good with the Spotify listeners. Never going to hate. Appreciate you guys no matter what platform you're listening on. As for Whitney, there's a Disgraceland episode on Whitney Houston. It's part of season four, which means it's a previously exclusive episode. And that this one in particular is going to be re-released into your feed, Sherry, on March 24th. That's coming up. You got that to look forward to. Um, as you guys know, we are releasing previously exclusive content every day this month in March. We're doing our best to get the entire archive back out into your feed for your listening pleasure. And Sherry also, Sherry, you brought up the Badlands series. You were talking about Robin Williams. There's a Robin Williams episode. It's out there. It's already out there. It's in your feed on Spotify. It's everywhere. Go listen. It's there. Get in there, Sherry. Come on. All right. Let's uh, check out this voicemail from the 224. I really dig your show. I just listened to the one about the club kids. I have one thing to say. There's no such thing as assless chaps. If they had an ass in them, they'd be pants. Ha, okay, I stand corrected. Maybe, I think, I don't know. I said assless chaps, not assless pants. So I don't know what I'm missing here, dude. Uh, this guy's referring to our episode, though, from season one on Michael Alleg, which I highly recommend that you guys go listen to if you've not already. It's an easy one to pass over because you see his name and you're like, who the hell is this guy? He's not a musician, but he was a famous club promoter uh, tangentially attached uh, to the music scene in New York in the 90s. And this story on Michael Alleg and the Club Kids is one of the wilder stories we've ever done. And that's saying something, as you know. So I highly recommend you check out that episode. Uh, guys, 617-906-6638. You can call and yell at me about assless chaps or whatever you want to yell at me about. You can also text me like the 305. All right, so from the 305, this is a long message here. I'm going to read part of it because it's uh, it's very connected to the conversation we've been having here in the after party. Uh, the 305 says, Now, I wouldn't recommend this, but when I was going through a really low point in my mid-20s, I spent a few months listening to predominantly Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, Elliot Smith and Tom Waits. Yikes. Uh, that yikes is my part because that's some dark shit there. Uh, I had a bunch of their CDs on constant rotation. That's where Nick Cave comes in. And in hindsight, that was a bit too much wallowing in the sadness. But damn, the music was still amazing. Yeah, that music is amazing, but that's a lot of darkness, man. A lot of sadness, like you're saying. And this is because I'm um, getting this text from the 305 because in our last episode, someone had asked me what I like to listen to when I'm sad and uh, to cheer me up. And I answered, I don't really listen to music to cheer me up. Not anymore. I don't know if I really ever did. Um, I do other things, but I'm not going to go backwards and repeat what I said last week. So, But that that's why I got this text. We also talked in the last episode about what I'm reading, and I mentioned Flannery O'Connor, and the 305 goes, oh, and Flannery O'Connor isn't my favorite writer, but I do think Good Country People is one of the best short stories ever written. I don't remember where she originally published it, but it's been widely anthologized and for good reason. Uh, thank you. 305. Um, I have not read that short story, Good Country People by Flannery O'Connor, but I'm going to go check it out. I'm pretty sure I have it in an anthology in my library. Uh, and then the 305 sent this awesome picture of Billie Holiday with her dog, Mr., uh, which, you know, if you have not heard the Billie Holiday episode of Disgraceland, uh, Mr., her dog, features prominently in it. It's a drug dealing dog. Uh, uh, you're like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? Just trust me. Go listen to the Billy Holiday episode. All right. Let's do some more text. From the 314 Mac Miller episode. I think the ending of that episode was one of the best endings of a podcast episode I have ever heard. Thank you. 
Well, thank you, 314. Uh, go check out that Mac Miller episode if you have not heard it. From the 202, my wife says, this looks like fingers. Again, not a food stylist. I don't know what the fuck I'm looking at here, man. It's a picture of, jeez, dude. Oh, wait, there's another text. Again, Jake, amazing episode on Ike and Tina Turner. I know you like to know how we listen. The 62-year-old retired, I'm not going to say what she calls herself, but uh, lesbian is the polite word, listens while she's making bangers and mash. Total whim for late Friday night dinner. Loved the episode. Nutbush City Limits is one of my favorite songs. Had no idea the origin. I am a constant podcast listener. You are the best. Thank you from the 202. And there's some bangers and mash in a photo there. All right. Digging it. Send me the food pics. I'm here for the food porn. All right. What else we got here? What up, Jake? From the 971, I'm laying here in bed next to my sleeping sick 10-month-old, passing the time with Kurt and Courtney Part 1. I'm sorry your 10-month-old is sick. That sucks. And that's stressful shit, man. I've been there. Uh, Texter goes on to say, thanks for all the amazing content, brother. I do have a suggestion, though. Have you ever thought of doing some more early American Delta Blues players like Sun House? I have, and I will. Um, We did the Robert Johnson episode that's currently in the archive. It's not, it has not yet been re-released live, but it will soon. And Sunhouse uh, is a prominent player in that episode. And we've got a, uh, a um, Skip James episode that I did at the Newport Folk Festival last summer. Uh, we are doing the fully recorded version of that. And that's coming out uh, when, like a month or so. Uh, that's a new one. All right, what else we got? Oh, look at this. How's this for timing? The 724 sends in a text, and it's a photo of Lee Fields' album, Sentimental Fool, the aforementioned Robert Johnson episode uh, that I just talked about in Sunhouse. Lee Fields, the great soul singer, uh, modern R&B soul singer, he voices Sun, he voiced Sunhouse for me. We hit up his manager. We're like, hey, man, let's, uh, let's get Lee Fields in on this action. And he did a tremendous job playing the role of Sunhouse's decapitated head. Have I hooked you yet? Are you like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm going to check this Robert Johnson episode out. You've mentioned Lee Fields' Sunhouse's head and Robert fucking Johnson. I hope so. Get in there and check that out. Um... Uh, 724 also says, Jake, thanks so much for everything you do on your podcast. I took your advice about listening to Lee Fields. Man, I'm absolutely a huge fan of his now. Sentimental Fool, an incredible album. I spin it at least twice a week. Thanks, man. Rock a roller. All right, you got it. Yeah, Lee Fields is no fucking joke. Check that out. A lot of texts. Let's keep going through here. What do we got? 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 Ah, uh, hi. My name is Jared, and I'm a huge fan of Disgraceland Badlands. I was wondering if you have any merch for sale. Jeez, oh, Jared, come on. Merch is a touchy subject around here. Uh, We are all all out of merch. We've got new stuff coming for you. I need to get on it. That's my answer. I apologize. Um, What else do we got? Hey, Jake, big fan from Canada here. was curious if you've ever read Al Jorgensen's book and if you've ever considered doing a podcast or YouTube video on his crazy story. that Al Jorgensen is, uh, of course, the mastermind behind the industrial band Ministry. And uh, no, I haven't read the book. I've seen Ministry Live before a couple times. Uh, I love him. And, you know, thanks for reminding me. He goes on, this texter goes on from the 519 to say, I would also be curious to your opinion on the validity of his claims. I don't know what old Al is spewing, but now I'm intrigued. So maybe I'll check that out. What else we got here from the text? 
All right, last text here from the 424. I love your show. I listen to every single episode and listened to the re-releases and the new releases. I work as a programmer, and your show really helps me get through the day. Your show is very informative, but not like a boring classroom setup. It really helped me communicate to my coworkers, whose kind of music is rock and rollish. Thank you for helping me sound cool. <laughs> Thank you for helping me sound cool. Keep it up. Looking forward to the future. Jamie, J-A-I-M-I-E from the 424. Well, Jamie... I like this text because, you know, Disgraceland goes deep, um, goes real deep. And that's by design. That's what the podcast is. That's baked into the cake, so to speak. But it was brought to my attention a, about a year ago that there's this, this entirely – now, Jamie, I don't know who you are and I don't know how old you are, but I'm guessing you're a little bit younger than me. And – it was brought to my attention that there's this this entire new generation of young 20-somethings who are obsessed with classic rock, but are perhaps not as knowledgeable because they didn't grow up anywhere near it or around it. It's music that their parents listened to or listened to. It's great music. There's all these amazing biopics being made, Queen, Elton John, uh, great movies about classic rock, uh, almost famous, you know, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, not classic rock, but great soundtrack, et cetera. All these real iconic touchstones in our culture that rub up against classic rock, but it can be intimidating for younger people, which is an, is an idea and a notion that I, I never really thought about before because I just grew up surrounded by it. I've gone through so many stages of classic rock, you know, like I hated it for a long time. I denied it, even though I loved it. <laughs> uh, it's just what you do if you're my age and you've grown up in punk and hardcore and classic rock, you know, it comes to you first and then it bores the shit out of you and then it's overplayed and then you come back to it and you love it. And you start a podcast that that utilizes the history of classic rock most of the time, um, along with some modern stuff. But I, I just really got, got into this idea that there was this whole generation of coming listeners who are intrigued by classic rock yet kind of intimidated by it perhaps or at the very least want to hear more about it and don't have a place to do it besides classic rock radio and classic rock radio is you know no offense to classic rock radio guys but it's it's not my thing you know it is a thing it's not my thing i, I think classic rock is one of the most misunderstood genres of music or miss that's not right it's one of the most mispresented genres of music it might be the coolest genre of music, but it is presented in an incredibly uncool way and has been presented that way for decades. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm making a make a make classic rock great again hat, but I am kind of in the front of my mind thinking about how do we make classic rock cool? All of us, you know, like I don't want to be exclusionary. And I'm, not, I'm certainly not trying to come off like a snotty record store geek with Disgraceland. I'm very happy to receive this text from Jamie. Um, so one of the things I'm doing about it, that's the YouTube channel that I've been talking about constantly. But you'll find when you go to the YouTube channel that not only are you getting stories on our Disgraceland YouTube channel that aren't part of our Disgraceland podcast feed, the stories are a little bit broader they're not as deep, the format's different, and the medium's different. YouTube is a different place. It's a wider, bigger 
space. Uh, so I, I feel like it allows us the opportunity to not go as deep, uh, play a little bit up closer to the surface, and perhaps uh, reach some other folks who uh, might be uh, put off, put off is too strong, but just, you know, not as into the, 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 the deep, deep, deep dives we do on Disgraceland. And, you know, not that, uh, not that we're being like, not that we're in the shallow end of the pool over on YouTube. We're offering you stories that, um, that you, you, even if you're a huge music fan, you might not have heard before, but I'm not doing it in a way where I'm comprehensively, you know, drilling down as deep as we do in Disgraceland. And that's on purpose. And uh, I'm hoping to bring some folks in to the Disgraceland universe who uh, might be sitting there at the edge of the pool, dipping their toe in, and are ready to jump. So come on in. It's a big pool. We got room for all of you. Um, I've been ranting. You know, those are texts. There were voicemails before that. 617-906-6638. Um, Send me your texts, your voicemails. You can DM me as well at Disgraceland Pod on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter, and I'll respond either there in app or here in the after party, like I am, to Oh Hey, it's Caitlin on Instagram, who sent in a picture of her and her dad at the Leonard Skinner crash site after hearing our recent episode on Skinner. Thanks, Caitlin. Um, got another air, airplane crash. Uh, story from Rock History coming into your feed this week with our story on Otis Redding. I hope you guys have heard that and I look forward to talking about it with you all next week's After Party. Uh, hit me up at Pod on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook on your Otis Redding episode thoughts or just your Otis Redding thoughts in general. I love Otis. You love Otis. How do you not love Otis? Everyone loves Otis. Alright, another story we have for you guys in the immediate future is the story on Peter Tosh, which is not a podcast. It's a video and like I said before, it's going to only be available on the YouTube channel that's coming this weekend sunday march 19th go to the youtube.com slash at disgraceland pod to subscribe to the disgraceland video channel so you do not miss these extra stories peter tosh waylon jennings debbie harry and more get in there and i'll get right back after this with some recommendations All right, another week in the Disgraceland after party and another week without a theme song for the recommendations part. You guys are letting me down, letting me down, letting me down. Actually, my guys at Double Elvis are letting me down more than you guys are. They're professional musicians. They get paid to make this shit up for a living. Where the hell are they with the theme song? I want my tossed salad and my scrambled eggs. The fuck is happening? Kelsey Grammer never had to stand for this effrontery, so I'm not sure why I have to. I'm an award-winning podcaster for fuck's sakes. So for original music score, music supervision, no less, and I can't get a goddamn cheesy segment theme song what is happening the shit is cold all right i digress my recommendations so many recommendations as like i said i was traveling this past week so i had the opportunity to take in a lot of content someone recommended chuck klosterman's book the 90s to me a while back i'm not sure who but thank you and then someone bought me the book i'm also not i'm not sure who <laughs> so thank you uh anyway i rebought the book while i was in las vegas i was in the airport and i didn't want to decided i didn't want to stare into my phone for five hours on the plane i had nothing else to read so saw the book in the bookstore bought it again um read it read a lot of it on the plane. I'm still reading it this week. This book is incredible, and it's not just a testament to the second greatest generation of my lifetime, Generation X, second to the World War II generation, the greatest generation, but again, I digress. Uh, the 90s by Klosterman, it's an incredibly smart take 
on not only the decade of the 1990s, but on our perception of the 1990s, often our misinformed perception of the 1990s. And Klosterman backs up this disruption of the popular narrative of what the 90s was uh, with, wait for it, data. Yes, actual data. Polls, television ratings, record sales, all that data. And this is not a dry read by any means. I'm not trying to sell it like that. It's not. It's Everything's contextualized in his great style of writing, which is uh, humorous and also very much of the 90s. Um, the results of what the 90s were are not what you think. The act- What actually happened, even though I lived through it, my view of that decade is colored by the popular narrative that has sprung up in the decades since. And this is fascinating, but it's not surprising. Uh, it's too much to go into right here, but if you're at all interested in the 10 years that informed this show, probably more than any other decade in history, or if you just want to get your fill of, oh, well, whatever, never mind, then read The 90s by Chuck Klosterman. Uh, you'll dig it. That's what I'm reading. All right, I'm watching, or I watched. <laughs> I watched half the Oscars. Uh, who watched the whole show? It's a long show, man. And, uh, very serious. It's very serious this year. The Oscars are getting very serious. I guess that's what happens when your best uh, uh, leading man Oscar winner gets up and smacks one of the presenters. Uh, next year, you're going to come back very serious. Anyways, I was happy that All Quiet on the Western Front won for best score. Very much deserved, in my opinion. I did not see everything everywhere all at once, so I can't therefore comment on the rest of the Oscars because that movie kind of won everything Oscar everywhere all at once. Uh, Won seven awards, I think. Um, So people loved it. I believe them. I'm going to watch. I'm probably going to watch it tonight. Uh, If you saw it, let me know what you think. Uh, Let me know what you thought of the show. I like critiquing uh, awards shows. It's fun for me. Like I said, I thought this one was very serious and not not particularly exciting. Um, as I mentioned on previous after parties, I'm watching. I'm also watching Party Down. I finished the first two seasons, like I said I would, and I started the reboot season three. I love the first episode. Gonna watch the second episode tonight. I'm excited to see where the rest of the season goes and if I'm gonna miss Lizzie Kaplan. I can't tell yet. I probably am. I think she's great. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe the show can exist without her. I hope so. I also rewatched Heat. All right. Uh, After reading some of Klosterman's book, I was in the mood for something 90s. And I saw I saw heat in the theaters when it came out. I've watched bits and pieces of it passively over the years as it's appeared on cable or whatever. But I've never sat down and watched heat from start to finish again. And I don't know, man. I think it might be one of my favorite movies ever. I'm not sure. It's so fucking good. I'm not telling anyone who's seen this movie anything they don't know. This movie's a masterpiece. I, I just can't believe I haven't given it the time it deserves. It wasn't on purpose. It wasn't like, fuck heat. It wasn't, it wasn't like, I don't like heat. Um, I loved it when I saw it. The writing, the acting, the pacing, the ending, the cast. Fucking cast is incredible. Tone Loke, Al Pacino, God. De Niro, John Voight, Henry Rollins, uh, God, who else? That weird Ted guy from Silence of the Lambs. So many great actors. Oh, fucking, uh, homeboy who just died. Oh, God, what is his name? He was snubbed at the Oscars. Hold on, I gotta find this guy. Uh, he's great. Uh, and Tom Sizemore. How did I forget that? I'm really upset at myself for not having that at the tip of my tongue. Tom Sizemore's in it. And, of course, uh, our friend... 
Val Kilmer. Not our friend, but you know, my wannabe friend. And he's great. They're all great. Ashley Judd. Uh, like I said, the cast, it's incredible. It goes on. Uh, but, you know, I'm wondering, is this one of my like top five movies of all time? I don't know. I don't know. Quick, without thinking, my top five movies of all time, without thinking, Jaws, Goodfellas, Godfather, Pulp Fiction, Boogie Nights. Is he better than any of those five? I don't know. Again, Jaws, Goodfellas, Godfather, Pulp Fiction, Boogie Nights. Again, is he better than any of those five? Uh, maybe it's better than Boogie Nights. I don't know. Maybe that top five list sucks. I also don't know. It could. Top five movies of all time. That's a hard fucking list to come up with. What are your top five movies? 617-906-6638. Leave me a voicemail. Let me know. Send me a text. 617-906-6638. Top five movies of all time. Five. Don't send me six. Don't send me ten. Don't send me four or three, two or one. If you can get down there, I'm going to be impressed. But five is wicked hard. Uh, so is he the top five movie? Is it worthy of my list? Does my list suck? How flawed is my list? What does it say about me that three movies in my top five are from the 90s and the other two are from the 70s? What does that say about the decade I came of age in or the decade that I was born in? I don't have answers to these questions. All I know is that he is the shit. All right, what I'm listening to, I'm listening to the Washed Up Emo podcast with Tom Mullen because... I'm a fucking narcissistic ego mate. No, uh, I just sat for an interview with Tom. <laughs> so yeah, I am a narcissistic egomaniac. And in pre preparation, I went back and crushed a couple of Tom's episodes from Washed Up Emo. Great podcast. Uh, I listened to the Gee, the Gee one from Gee from Fugazi as an episode. Ted Leo from Chisel. There's one with Walter from Quicksand. There's so many. Uh, Tom makes a great show. If you're at all interested in emo or hardcore or post-hardcore or whatever the hell you want to call it, you probably already know about about Washed Up Emo, but if you don't, I highly recommend you check it out. That's Washed Up Emo wherever you get podcasts. I will be back in a flash. All right, Stage Fright, let's recap. Number one, previously exclusive episodes of Disgraceland coming every weekday in March. Number two, new Peter Tosh episode coming to YouTube this weekend. Number three, new Otis Redding episode in your feed right now. Number four, Heat is the shit, but is it top five? And now, my moment of bliss, me reading the phone book from Las Vegas, Nevada, 1930. Patterson. Webster Ranch, 10-F14. Pleasant Valley Ranch Co., Holland Ranch, 7-F5. Strange Frank Ranch, 7-F13. Bureau of Reclamation, 98. Burgess William Chiropractor, 119 South 2nd, 344. Business Service Berkeley Building, 500. Busick H. Southern Nevada Bank 5 Fremont 152 Callan AE 600 South 6th 280 Kerner HA 215 South 6th 421 Cashman's Paint Shop 11th and Fremont 228 Cemetery North of Town 92 Central Labor Union Boulder Club Building 391 Chamber of Commerce Delkin Building 204 Christian 
HC Richfield Oil Company, 310 South Main. Quit talking and start mixing. Cut it.